Welcome back to another episode of Diversity on Fire. Our goal is to inspire you to think more deeply and act with more knowledge and compassion. We'll do this by sharing our open conversations on all types of diversity-related topics. It's roundtable time. This month, we are talking all things LGBTQ+, and we're kicking off the month with our open conversation-style roundtable. Nina and I are joined by a special co-host and prior guest, Mr. Lee Hopkins. You kids ready to roll? I'm ready. Ready. Ready, Fred. (laughs) Ready, Fred. Oh, I'm Fred today. Okay. Hey, we're talking about gender norms, so you may as well name Leah a, a historically male name. Right. <laughs> Start it off. That's why it's good to be from Iowa, because we call everybody dude, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that, because I was like, I don't know how I came on this, but I started like using the term bro. And oh. yes, bro is like short for brother, but at the same time, like you don't, it, when you're using that term, you're not using it gender specifically. Yeah. It's like girl. Girl, girl, do it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I woke up in like I'm I'm just in a nutty mood today. So this first one, literally, okay, you guys know salt and pepper, right? Mm -hmm. Like the the, the group. (laughs) We're like, but of course, not not like the not the spice, (laughs) but the group. So the the first we're gonna start off with. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. All the good things and the bad and things. things that may be. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about us. sex. What? <laughs> well, I mean us so our, badly too. Let's our talk badly about sex. All right, all right. So we, <laughs> so we want to start off by talking about our experience with gender roles and just like basically growing up what you remember um gender roles looking like and maybe how they may or may not have changed who wants to start lee (laughs) the new guy what oh (laughs) that wasn't my voice (laughs) um gender roles and how they play a role in just how they've transformed i think that i'm at this generation being an older millennial where i'm really seeing this less resistance. This is the first uh, of a big push to change gender norms. Now, of course, there was that stuff happening in the 60s and stuff, but it's really taken foothold where our children are now looking at pushing back at, at gender norms. Like there are more women doing jobs that were traditionally male jobs. So we've seen it grow so much in that way in just the last, I don't know, 20 years. So um, I think about it, and I've actually had a lot of thoughts about gender norms recently, just because of conversations we've had. But one of the things that I'm enjoying doing because of my um, understanding of how my ADD works, I really love to watch stuff I've watched before. I'm not that crazy sometimes about watching new stuff because we have to pay attention. So I've gotten back into like old programming. And so for example, Charlie's Angels is something that I've been watching again, and then also Golden Girls. And so I think about gender norms in what was accepted. But what I realize is that I always used to say, I think I've even said on this program that I didn't understand where my feminism came from. But what I realized is I was watching stuff that was like kind of way ahead of its time for feminism. Uh, so basically like Golden Girl, super progressive if you really think about it now, because you can watch it right now and you're like, mm-hmm. that wasn't really happening in the same way before. And so it's interesting because obviously I come from a background with very traditional roles for immigrant parents and then also in a fundamentalist religious household where women's roles are very defined in terms of being the head of the the males the head of the house and then the woman's going to be a subservient and 
chore rules were broken up that way. So that's what I was taught, but it just never stuck. <laughs> I saw other things and I was like, I think I like what she does better, which is she <laughs> decides what she does for herself. Yeah, you can have all the cheesecake you want, Rose Nyland. All oh of it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you are a rebel from the start, pushing against the norms in, in your own personal way. Yeah, and you know, as soon as you mentioned Golden Girls, I definitely thought of you, oh, you're a, now you're a cis gay man. Okay, I got you, because that's a big thing. This, like, right away, to stereotype them and put a norm on them. Like, they're, they are just going to be, like, kind of childless and growing up in a place where they're just doing whatever they want to do that makes them feel good community and all that stuff but that's what i think about when i i think about the golden girls i know so many of my friends love it and i love the show too well and if you think about how they were allowed to be a special i mean you could bring ageism you can bring all sorts of stuff into it how progressive they were at the time but even though i was brought up in a chaste household and i still had those views but they celebrated their sexuality they were allowed to have that they weren't i mean they did call blanche a slut all the time but it was in love and fun and it wasn't really that she was considered that way she was allowed to be that and it was acceptable and we didn't really see another show like that until sex in the city and when you think about how long of a gap that is it's pretty remarkable so for me i don't i think i just remember like if i think i have to think to my grandparents my parents got divorced when i was pretty young I I feel like, so I always saw my mom work. I always saw my dad work. But if I look to my grandparents, both of my grandparents or actually the three sets of grandparents, because I got a bonus due to divorce, had that standard, the wife stays at home and takes care of all of that. And the husband is the breadwinner and kind of, I guess, the controller-ish. I don't I don't know that I necessarily picked up on that, but that was just the dynamic, right? And and actually two yeah. of my grandmothers never even drove. They they never even got their license. So it was wow. it was even to that extent of like, you know, that was definitely a something that I witnessed as a kid and how it's changed. Um, I mean, I guess you guys have probably pretty much top touched that at this point, how it's changed is we are seeing massive and not just massive, but like fundamental shifts. Like we are yeah. changing our vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> so big stay shifts. At home, stay at home. Dad was not a thing. No, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Can you even imagine? Oh. Man, I can see everybody making fun of him. <laughs> Say, oh my well, gosh. your wife wears the pants in the family, huh? <laughs> and treat him as a joke. And, you know, when he wants to go to the the daily, whatever the, the wives do during the day when they all meet up together and he wants to hang out with them, they just make fun of him, you know? But uh, now we're seeing that completely different. We're, we're seeing men talk about their feelings. We're seeing them go into these circles and communicate or commune with uh, women who essentially choose to do what they do, like choose to stay at home and be a stay-at-home wife. And I know a couple of people, um, I have a friend who, really smart female, college, we went to college together. She knew exactly what she wanted. She went to college for exactly what she wanted, graduated, went to grad school for exactly what she wanted, met a guy, said, hmm, well, I could do this thing, but I'd rather stay at home. And there are a lot of people that just kind of shame her for that. But that is her choice. She's decided to do that. Yeah, I think that's a really important distinction, actually, is that now we have changed it to, or this particular, like the gender roles in this sense, to more of a choice as opposed to an expectation. 
I think there's certainly still some expectations, Mm -hmm. but more of a choice. Um, What do you guys on on that? Do you guys remember any specific like either overt or kind of not so overt, like a little low key demonstrations of negativity or positivity towards gender roles or sexual orientation from when you were kids? I'll start with this one so I can kind of give you an example of what I'm meaning. Okay. And I'm not going to say who it was, but there were a couple times where I've seen, like when I remember when I was a kid, there was a lot of the, we, there was a t- change in tone when we were talking about someone that was identified as gay or identified as gay, that was gay. Or there was a lot of like hand movements. Essentially, it was like making fun of. I remember seeing that as a child. I have a gay family member who I remember, and I can't tell you specifics, but I remember adult hearing adult conversations and those adult conversations portrayed this person in a less than way. So that's that's kind of an example of what I mean. And, and the reason I'm asking it about like when we're from childhood is because I think we can probably all agree that that's a very influential part of our life. Do you guys have anything like that? So many. Um, so many. So I was like, many. I'm like, I'm a, Isn't that sad though? So many. I'm a, a black person who grew up in a Christian household. So yeah, I've got them. <laughs> um, so I'm, my pronouns are he, him, his, and I identify as male. And my sexuality is kind of whatever queer. I don't have a particular, yeah, we'll talk about that more, but just say queer for, for now. So it's just that, well, if I did subconsciously, that would go away. And there's just examples of little things like you talked about the hand gestures and stuff. Don't don't hold your hand like like this. Don't you got to don't whatever you bend your hand. Don't do that because, you know, that's instant. Eh. And then there was a, a guy in her neighborhood that for some reason there was just we had neighborhood folks and they all had uh, different, I don't know, labels. And there was a guy they just knew who they just knew he was gay. And it's like, that's he's a little fruity or whatever. I think that he went by pumpkin pumpkin or something like that so it was like don't be like that every time he came by every time he was in the don't be like that see that don't be like well that. i love so pumpkin so that's right now, now i think i'm <laughs> cute actually <laughs> so you know it's interesting i have some of the same background differences coming from a super fundamentalist religious background but it's a little bit different so in in, in our household, um, like to this day, there's nobody in my family who identifies as anything other than Seth and who, who has any relationships that I'm aware of. So I still don't have any examples of that. But what I remember was it wasn't okay in my family or my house to call anybody names or to like threaten anyone with death or anything like that. So I'm really happy about that example. However, the, the religious upbringing it was just supremely demonized. So I ended up with these ideas that were caricatures, right? Because of how immoral and basically it's like Sodom and Gomorrah people, like basically what you see when you watch Rome movies now, just, you know, people having sex on the street and getting party and just hanging out at balconies or whatever. And so that's what I thought it was having a, 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 when I say it, just not being in a normative heterosexual relationship or lifestyle. And It's interesting to me. So instead of recognizing that there were people out there like that, for me, it turned into nobody's like that because I didn't see any examples of people just looking crazy and wild and out of control. So then I started getting into the idea of this. I think back in the day when I was growing up, I said about 10% of the population wasn't heteronormative. So I started getting into the idea that that it didn't even really exist. It was just like super one-offs that happened in big cities and they were alcohol-fueled things and they weren't real. 
Yeah, I'm shaking my head with that because that's spot on. I mean, I hear that and I'm thinking, yeah, you know, there was this one guy, one anomaly, that one guy. And that's all I've ever seen until I went to college. I mean, apparently that's all I've seen until I went to college. And I always thought it was a white man thing. Gay people are oh, white yeah. and they're men. Men because Yeah, well, because there's just so much about like um, AIDS and then there's Matthew Shepard who was killed because he was a white man. And it's like, oh, that's a hate crime. It's so terrible. And all you saw was white people and their problems with, with that. No other race. So I thought, well, that just belongs to that. So we'll leave it there. Full, fully an opinion. But from, from the two of you guys, do you have an opinion on whether that was because white people had more privilege and maybe felt more free to be open about their gayness? Heck yes. Heck yes. Okay. okay. Good example of it happening right now again with uh, another group of people. Dave Chappelle actually brought this up. We talk about um, Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, Caitlyn Jenner. So she's able to be like, "Oh, everybody, I'm so fabulous." But I mean, I think she she committed some kind of crime and it was very serious, and she got away with it. Well, got away with it, but she was excused or she she got out of it or something. She got leniency, and I think this was kind of recent and um, that. Dave Chappelle brought it up. He was like, well, yeah, she got away with this whole thing because the whole society cares so much about this person's feelings more so than black people or any other people's feelings. We're just like, hey, don't don't shoot us. Don't kill us. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, you know, we we hate all trans people. We hate all trans people. But then they look at Caitlyn Jenner. Not but not you. Not you. We, we're going to we're going to focus our energy on the other things. And I think it's just because she's got that privilege. Also money. But I mean, she does have privilege. Because well, for sure. Look at that. So uh, first of all, originally white male who has the highest amount of privilege. Then we have athletes. So who do we praise? People that are athletic, mm -hmm. right? Then we have money, very monetarily like wealthy. So like that, that's a whole lot wrapped in there. Heck yeah. Yeah. And he was on a Wheaties, or she was on a Wheaties box. He I'm just going to leave it there. No, Bruce was on a Wheaties box before he transitioned to Caitlin. So now Thank you. she. Yes. But see, even that discussion is a little challenging for me. And, and because I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say. Right. So I know I'm, I'm like 90% there. But um, because you know who I'm thinking of? Elliot Page right now. So it's. Um, so when I watch his new. Real, real quick. I just want to stop real quick. Elliot Page, which used to be Ellen Page, just for anybody that's trying okay, to grab yeah, this so reference that you're giving. Um, so he has a new magazine spread and he was talking about some of the choices that he's made. But everything I've still seen him in was pre. So it's Inception. It's it's X-Men. It's all of these movies. And so I have this weird dynamic currently as far as this individual goes in how I reference that and I know you can recognize prior life. I, I'm not sure what the nomenclature is and, and what that's supposed to look like. So in my mind, I still see Elliot in his former capacity, which is as a female. And that's the only way that I relate to that individual. And so right now it feels, it feels, I, I don't even know how to say it feels. I feel unclear about how that reference is supposed to work going forward for me when I'm having those discussions. I will say that, um, okay, so if we're talking about this specific person, I have to say I wasn't super surprised. And I guess this is, this is, I think this is a perfect example why, where people have different perspectives on things. 
for me, I I literally couldn't care less. And it's it, it's not an apathy thing. It's a like do you do you? Like if that's how you feel most authentic, that is not harming me or anyone else and I will continue to go back to that stance on on almost everything. And by the way, Nina, I'm not even trying to put an attack on you for your feelings because I do understand that you just are coming from a different perspective. And I think a lot of people come from that perspective, that it's hard to switch gears when you have some sort of framework in your head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what is the language you use for when you have known a person as one thing and then known a person as another thing? Essentially, I know that... um, when you, as a trans person, decide that you are going to change your name, your name is dead. It's a dead name. That's what it's referred to. So um, I would imagine it sounds terrible, but as, you know, they were, was, something was that, like the, the male name, I don't know this person. I don't know the character. So Elliot, I don't know what their name was before, but blank was, or something like Bruce was, I, I guess. I'm just guessing at it. I'm not sure what people would feel like. Well, I was going to say, it could be kind of like Prince, because even for that situation, I still needed <laughs> trans time. I still needed a transition period before I was okay mm-hmm. with that. And then when the transition period went through, but it was almost like I had to evolve into it myself. So I am curious, mm-hmm. Nina, and I don't know if if there's a way for you to articulate or if it's just something, it's just a processing thing, but I wonder if you can maybe explain why you feel like that bothers you or and, I, and maybe that's the wrong word i don't because you didn't say it bothers you so i want to take that back because i don't mean to put my words in your mouth but why someone else changing takes you time to adjust to can you do you have any thoughts on why that is part of its muscle memory but it's we have such a definitive idea of who we are and who we're interacting with someone as. So I have a friend who has a grandchild who's also in the process of this change. And even when it's just the two of us, when we're discussing it, we still, even between us just having a private conversation that's completely normal and appreciative of that fact, flip around pronouns. It's like we have to practice. When we're talking about, since we talked about pronouns and Lee, you brought this up and you know what? It was my intention to have us give our pronouns and I totally forgot. I'm sorry. It's not something that comes off the top of your head. It's, you know, it's not. And I res- whatever anybody wants to be called, I respect that. But it is hard to get used to. But at the same time, you want to be supportive. So when I asked you, Lee, why you did that and you explained it to me, I'm like, that that makes a lot of sense. Like, you don't have to. Yeah. Because you, you present as male and that's and that's what your pronouns are. But in support of the people who are not as obvious as you or maybe are are transitioning, it's respectful and it's 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 making it normal. Yeah, it's putting it out there and normalizing it. Hopefully, you know, I see it more and more in especially I mean not so much in in friend spaces, which is interesting, but more in the corporate spaces like on LinkedIn, I'll see people with their name and their pronouns after it and stuff and I'm like, okay, yeah, there people are being more conscious of it. It's 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 being more politically correct. It's leaning in that direction, which is could be, you know, has has its thing. But as far as um, pronouns go, you know, I will accept any pronoun that you, you throw at me it's just because I know who I am. So if you're going to be like, girl, then that's fine. That's fine with me. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I think it's kind of endearing if you want to talk to me that closely. I think it's like an intimate kind of thing. It's like, girl, you know, 
get out of here. <laughs> well, that's that's the only way I can hear girl, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it's just with the, you got to elongate the L, mm-hmm. the U and the girl. <laughs> Actually, I think I just sounded like a dying cat, but you did it better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So some of the kind of hot topics through the last couple decades, and then of course, coming up to current. Let's touch on some of those. So this is going to be a quick one. Thoughts and opinions on gay marriage? Any objections? None here. Oh, yeah, none. Everybody should be miserable. I mean, that's the joke everybody says, right? (laughs) (laughs) No marriage for me, period. That's what it is. So nope. (laughs) (laughs) You're like anti-marriage. Yeah, because I mean, the way I, my sexuality is I can be gay marriage or I can be regular marriage. This is no marriage. Okay. I mean, not regular marriage, but hetero marriage, no marriage. So I don't care and I never have cared. So I, I'm very equal opportunity. My belief system is that equal rights means equal responsibility, equal consequences, equal application. And so for me, one of the things that turned into sometimes an issue, at least occupationally, was sometimes the in California before gay marriage was accepted as official marriage, as long as you presented as married, we would go ahead, my my insurance company would go ahead and accept however you presented that. What I started to see is if it became inopportune to be married to a certain partner because their driving record or their occupation was then detrimental to them, then they didn't want to be married. And so I was going to say the only probably negative mindset I had was if you want it, then you can have it, but you have to have everything that comes with it and you can't pick and choose. So I have no problem with it, nor did I ever, but I just always wanted everything to be fair. So if you get married, you're married, everything that applies applies to you and everything that applies to everyone else has to be the same. I'm very much for it can't be a subset special class to utilize. Now, I know you can make the argument that there's so many other detrimental things that happen to people who were in relationships that weren't deemed regular families, but that's that's where sometimes for me professionally it became an issue. Yeah, and I can understand that. That's that it, but that's um I will just counter that by saying that that was a company's policy. So, that's kind of their error. Because I I do get what you're saying and I agree with it, but I don't necessarily relate it specifically to the actual act of being able to get married. Because the the truth is, is once you are legally married, then you do have to also get legally divorced. So in theory, you are holding the same responsibilities, unless I'm missing something. Well, once you get to that point, but for a while, there was an opportunity to take the benefits of marriage without taking the, the consequences. And so that was something that was exploited. Now, depending on who you were talking to, who worked in that capacity, they would sometimes try to get the decision overruled. And so... That's what I'm saying is, you know, for a while I developed a little bit of a negative association with it because I thought it was, I thought sometimes there's a a look for preferential treatment when really equality means equality all the way down, up and down, good and bad. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's just kind of like they're treating marriage like it's kind of a perk. Like I can use it or I I don't want to. Yeah. And that's, that's not the way it works. Yeah. It was take it or leave it. If it was convenient, then great. Because I want you know, the discount. And then I felt like those relationships, I don't know, it felt like it felt like they were diminished. And Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. How about Lee? Thoughts on gay marriage? 
We can assume them, but... Oh, yeah. Um, as far as uh, gay people getting married or wanting to get married, then that's cool. That's great. I think that is really a nice step forward to normalize that kind of thing. I remember having conversations about how uh, people would say, yeah, you know, gay people can get married. I lived in California for a point in time. They can get married, but just don't call it marriage. Like okay, well, geez, well, it's, there's there's a lot of stuff in a in a name in they a call label. It like civil union, yeah, right? called the civil okay. union. Yeah, well, it doesn't quite have the same ring, does it? And I don't think you may have all the same. I think you do have the same uh, rights and privileges, but still, it is it is meant to to signify that it is other rather than the norm. And that that would be the question then is like if it has all of the same rights and privileges. What was stop? Does anybody know what was stopping it from being called marriage? What would what would be the point of not just calling it marriage if it had all those same rights and privileges? Straight people are better than sorry. Um, hetero people are better than gay people apparently, and they were like, "Well, hey, you cannot put these people on our level." That's my opinion. You cannot put these people on my level. I am straight and marriage has been tradition and it's in the Bible and it says nothing about gay people in the Bible being married. This is something that you guys made up in the United States. So you can put whatever spin on it. Don't touch my Bible. Don't touch my marriage. Don't touch my beliefs. I think that's where, that's why they're just call it something else. Everything I saw was always related to God defining it as man and woman as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it was a big thing about women. Uh Women, God, yeah. maybe God's a woman. We don't know. Maybe God is transgender. <laughs> this this going to piss a lot of people off. Heck yeah! Didn't Alanis Morissette play God in Dogma? Or it wasn't her? I, oh, I it was. I forgot about that. It was, but you're right. And I was going to say, even calling God a woman does piss a lot of people off. Incidentally, we're saying that like it's a joke, but it really does. In the same way that you know, if you draw Mohammed, it. You know, it, it's interesting what people get hung up on. Well, I'll just leave it. I was going to say really insignificant details that are just meaningless, but, and I, I don't get it all, but, you know, that's another one for the books. Um, all right. So moving along to hot topics public restrooms. And again, I'll start on this one. I, I don't care. Again, maybe I shouldn't start. I don't care because I think, so w would it be a transition? Yes, it would, because I'm not used to it. What is a transit? What are you talking about? You just said public restrooms. Public and... restrooms. Um, <laughs> it's okay. She, she thought you were psychic. <laughs> Everybody is like, you don't know what I'm talking about? Come on. So, um, so transgender like using public bathrooms because they're saying, oh, well, you're technically a male. So now you're in a female's bathroom and you're predatory. So that's the only argument I've ever heard is that we don't want transgender people in the opposing restroom. I'm doing air quotes for the people that are listening. The opposing restroom because of their inability to control their sexual urges. And I, I just think that's a lot of bullshit because it's if if it's all about urges, that's a totally separate topic. It has nothing to do with transgender. That's a totally separate topic in my opinion. So that's my opinion. I don't care. What do you guys think? Well, the biggest example of that was Target. So and what I like to say in regards to that is that Iowa had passed the ability for transgender people. To, so basically anybody could go into any bathroom for what they identified for. And they did that, I believe in 2007, which was before Obama took office. And the reason I point that out is because I really love to tell people that. 
Um, mainly because I was considered a Bible Belt state. It's the first state to have the presidential stuff kick off. And so everyone comes here about how good and wholesome and religious the Iowa people are. And I'm saying, well, I was done this for literally a decade and nobody died and nobody freaked out and they just did it on a bipartisan basis and it was fine. So how do you feel about it though, personally? I've I've never, so I don't want to say I've never cared. I don't like sharing bathrooms um, with people from the opposite sex. That's just something that I've kind of had an issue with ever since. But mostly it's just a cleanliness thing, if I'm being completely honest. So it's like, you know, I've had male roommates shave and leave all their stuff around. But as far as being out in public and whether a transgender person wants to use my bathroom, public bathrooms have stalls. I literally don't care. I had a big to do about it at my workplace once where uh, one of my coworkers wanted to surprise out another person to me. And because of my religious background and back then I still was pretty fundamental in my beliefs and I was, and they were super disappointed because I was like, okay. Cause I was like, you don't see anything like we're in stalls. Who cares? So I've never cared. Well, I will say that the, the, some of these stall makers could use a little help in the measurement department. Maybe with because the doors. some of these gaps, yeah. I'm telling you, I'm <laughs> telling you, they couldn't do a better job. I mean, there's literally a half inch to a three quarter inch gap in the door. Hmm. That's just, that's a totally separate topic. The gaps but- freak me out, but I'm freaked out with gaps, just women in the gaps. I'm like, I don't want you seeing my hoo hot. Right. Right. <laughs> Lee, what's your thought on this? I think we're going to be aligned on the same thing. Like, you really can't tell. You don't know what... I'm not looking for anything. I don't really feel suspicious about it. You know, I, I would say that if a cis woman came into a man's bathroom, I'd feel a little uncomfortable just because... Urinals. Yeah. And um, yeah, just because of that dynamic. But I mean, I wouldn't do anything i wouldn't i would just be like all right i'm about my business and apparently the line in the women's restroom is too long so they're here for that well that is what how that happens and and ironically enough that happens way more because women will sometimes just bully their way into males bathrooms i've seen it repeatedly and then i've also just walked into men's bathrooms a few times because apparently i don't know how to read signs so i've caught people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then i did it one time yeah i've done it like four or five the last time i did it was at a place i worked too because i actually i did it at GoDaddy and i did it at nordstrom's so i i've done it a few times i i can't remember stuff and so i just you know go in places so you know but nobody's world ended so that's what all you gotta say about that mm-hmm. all right so we're all we're all we're all relatively good with the bathroom things. Let's let's uh, ma- door manufacturers, stall manufacturers, please step up your game, and maybe yes. we would all be more good with the bathroom situation. So this is an interesting one: transgender and dating. So this topic has come up, and and I don't know if I don't actually think I don't know if I have an opinion on this because I've thought about it a lot. So transgender. In dating, thoughts and opinions on whether they should have to disclose that to you and when. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that, wow. I would say no. First of all, just to answer your question, I would say no. Um, If you're going to get to a point where you want to, I'm thinking that disclose that as in right up front, say, hey. I'm transgendered. 
we're on a date. I don't think that anybody should have to do that. I think it, it comes down to it when you're about to be more intimate. And so you have to know what to do with the things that I have um, between my legs. You, you want to be on the same page. You want to know if you like those or, or not. So I think that is fair. It may, people may feel like it's deceptive, but I don't think so. I think that if you're a cis and straight person and you are connecting really hard with a trans woman, then there's something about you that connects with them. And you might want to explore it instead of hating on it. This is why I've thought about it a lot. And then it's also why I reserve my opinion because I've never been in this situation. So I, I, I do think that, you know, I, I can be opinionated on a lot of things and I am, but I do think in certain things, it's like, how would you know? And I agree with you, Lee, like on the first upfront, I don't necessarily, I mean, let's see if there's even a connection because raise your hand if you've been on a dozen dates with people that you actually end up hating after five minutes. Yeah. Let's like, it, you, you don't need to put yourself in a vulnerable position or put yourself out there for potential hate from someone that you have zero connection with. I think it does necess- it can matter a little bit more depending on if it's fully transitioned or not. And but I do think I mean waiting till you ha- whether there's a connection or not, whether you even have that conversation because otherwise what's the point? So I'm the outlier here. I think that Tell people us. yeah, I think people need to know. And right up front like immediately? It depends on how you're meeting them, but for example, if you're dating online, then that should be something that, because first of all, you're dealing in a climate that for some people can be potentially dangerous. First of all, when you're dealing with a stranger, you don't know who and what you're dealing with. So there's that. From a safety precaution, especially with um, a lot of cis males, it, I just find that it's kind of like how I view other things with women in general. Don't put yourself in a predicament. It's not your fault and I don't victim blame. But at the same point in time, I always say it would it would not behoove me to 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 go ahead and make sure that you put yourself up, set yourself up for safety and success. So there's certain things that I just feel um, the risk factor is way too high, and and that's one of them because people get so emotionally charged. Trigger, yeah. Can I um, bring something up that you shared on a section of an episode that wasn't released? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So um, because you're you said you're the outlier, but I don't know that you entirely are. Because you had brought up, I feel weird saying this for you. Do you want to just share it? A previous dating situation? Yeah. So I have dated a person who cross-dressed, but I wouldn't call them trans because they still identified as male and lived as male. But they did have a alternate ego um, or I don't know. That sounds like a superhero. Maybe they were because Emily had fantastic fashion sense, but her, his, his alternate personality was Emily. And so I, and he, but he did disclose that to me up front. And so it gave me the opportunity to decide whether or not this is something I wanted to see further. And I decided that I liked enough things about him that I wanted to do so. So I can I dig down like up yeah. front, like when up front, like Be- before, before like we first met, date? before we met. Before you met? Because okay. we, we met online. So I don't know. I don't, I doubt he told me like immediately online, but it was before it was before we were, before we went on a date for sure. 
And then, so what happened with that was I was open to it. I really, really did like him quite a bit. He was super nice. Um, I had a lot of fun with him, but his, that particular part of his personality was a a big deal for him. And so he spent a lot of time um, buying clothes for Emily and dressing up and taking pictures. And then he did want to move into a situation where we physically were interacting romantically with the alter ego. And for me, that was a step that was just a bridge too far. I don't then nor do I now feel like that's bigoted or unacceptable. That's just what my boundary is. And I'm okay with that. I find that some people are not okay with the fact that I have that boundary. And that to me is problematic. I think it is incredible. I'm sorry, Lee. It, I think it is. Thank you. I think it's incredibly brave that you set uh, that you share this story. And I also want to make sure it's clear that you had shared you the way that you guys interacted, the way that the relationship ended was nothing but respectful. You had a boundary. You set that boundary. You had a conversation. There was no attacking going on. There was no demeaning going on. You just said, hey, this is kind of beyond what I'm comfortable with. I'm not quite there. And you split ways. That makes a huge difference. Yeah. No, I was going to say, Lee, I'm curious as to what you thought, but we did because I, I liked him. I, I did. I liked him, but I don't want to, first of all, I, I can't pretend to be something I'm not. And then second of all, I don't want to stifle somebody else in who they are. Because I don't want somebody else to live a life that they just are trying to please me. That's not fair to anybody. And so I would never, ever do that to somebody else. High five. Yeah, I'm right on board with you. It's like any other thing that a person shows up in their relationship. Like, first of all, you are really like into S&M for a little bit. And then they want to take it a step too too far. So then you don't want to head down that road anymore. So that's perfectly fine. And no one bats an eye about a habit or a personality trait that someone has and they don't necessarily want to to entertain. Or So I, I picked up on a couple of things and uh, about just one of the big things that I hear is don't tell cis men. <laughs> because cis men are completely emotional and they they feel really hurt by or emasculated by the fact that they may be attracted to a, a trans woman or a trans man or something like that. They just feel, it just feels so, it seems like it feels weird. I don't have that issue with it. It's just, um, and I think that that's right as far as being safe, as far as being safe. And to think about how I've dated in the, in the community and I've dated uh, a few trans people. I'm not sure how many, two maybe, but the personalities didn't really click. So that that's it. But we we met and it was online and it's like we kind of stay in the community just because it does feel safer. There, there are people who understand what 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 this is and what's going on. And so that kind of gets old though because you just kind of see the same people in the circles and stuff. I think that it's worth investigating and going out and uh, out of the the safe LGBTQ kind of circles to go out and see what else is out there because. I do believe that there are people out there thinking that they're not attracted to these people, but they're probably really curious. Because I know that a lot of people watch uh, trans porn and it's like a big thing. It's like a, it's like really a lot of people watch that. And I'm thinking a lot of people like, I wish I had statistics out there, but I only got this from a, a seminar that I went to and they talked about it. But um, so I think there are people that are curious about it. And it's on the people who are dating them to be safe and cautious and, and think about that. So that's all I have. I think so when I think about it, because of what the two of you brought 
to the table with it. I feel that I, I, I just want to know because there, there is a sense to me of a sort of deception, right or wrong or indifferent. There is, and and so I, I watched a video of a lady who has my position explaining that, and so I, I don't know because when I listen to what you guys have to say regarding being open to it, I'm like, if you're just taking a look at a person as a spirit, like a twin flame and somebody that you fall in love with for who they are, then I can see that, right? But I also have the same discussion I have with other people in terms of at least when you start bringing in the LGBTQ+, it becomes a little trickier. But I was attracted to males, not sexually, sexually, but I know that from about five And so whenever we have the discussion with people who are gay, for example, or who are um, open to pansexual or asexual, a lot of those inclinations appeared very, very early. And so what is that a function of? It's I, I still never had those feelings about females. And my mom wasn't trying to teach me about sex at five either. That was just something I recognized for itself. And so there's so many parts and components to this, you know, beyond just the simple things of also, can your partner have children? Is that important to you? Because for example, for me, even though I say that, you know, I'm a heterosexual, I also do not want a partner who wants me to bear a child. So that isn't going to work for me. So there's so many parts of that equation in the social contract that also have to be considered. Yeah, I like that you brought that up. I think that if it's that important that we would create a, a space where if you're talking to someone who you're interested in, if that's really important to you and there's a chance that they could be trans, I would say ask them. I would say put the set set a set of space because you is important to you and you are vibing with each other and you're going to be on some kind of intimate level. I would say, hey, everything is safe here. You know, this is really being important to me. And if they blow up and they say, well, how dare you? Then, you know, they're not the right connection for you. If they say, yeah, I am, but you're not interested, then yeah, thanks for being okay with that or something. Or maybe they just don't want to. Maybe they just don't want to. But I mean, you're really putting them on blast and you're putting yourself first, but they don't have to answer you. They can just go away and then you get what you want. You get that lack of, or you get that what you want because they're not the person for you because they can't handle, they're not on the same page with one of those core beliefs that you have. Uh, That might be controversial, but I would certainly appreciate it if that would happen. And I'm like, um, would I do it? I haven't done it. I haven't dated. So I'll I'll try that and see what happens. Let us know. So I, Nina, the, what you said about the trust uh, or deception, deception, that, that does resonate with me in a different way, not in the same way. But so if I can relate it for anyone who it might resonate in the same way as me, I think about it in terms of, especially if you do any dating online, people do not tell you the truth about their actual current relationship status. Okay. I am hard fucking no when it comes to if you already have a current partner, okay? Hard no on me. Like, do you, if you guys are in an open relationship, totally fine. I have no problem with what you're doing. I'm just not relation in, interested in that. So for me, deception comes from I've had, I've dated people where they didn't tell me that they still live with their, according to them, ex-spouse, who is also the mother of their children. That's not okay with me. Like that's that's not. 
And for you to not tell me that and we're three, four dates in, that's a problem for me. That's deception. And they're not telling you because they know that likely it'll affect the outcome. Right. So I think I can, I think what you're saying can resonate with me on that, on that level. I, I still think I would, ag- I, th- I think I would agree with myself is what I was about to say. I still think I would agree with myself that I would be okay if that didn't come out until we determined if there was a connection. Yeah. And then if there was a connection, that is something that does need to be disclosed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because at that point, it becomes an important factor. So connection is because just to clarify... And I, and I love how we're having a real talk here. Initially, you guys both said connection was defined by prior sexual engagement. So is that what we mean? Or are we Did talking? I see that? That, was maybe that was Maybe that was me. Before okay. I'm, I'm saying before you're going to have sex or before you're getting to that kind of, before you're coming intimate, like you should, I think disclosure is important because you want to both enjoy the experience. So for me, connection is because I think that especially with all the online dating, there can be a perceived connection when you are communicating uh, via text message. Even if a phone call happens, there could be a perceived connection. For me, connection is solidified once you meet in person and are like, okay, cool, let's meet again. You know what I mean? If that in person doesn't happen, then I wouldn't I wouldn't say there's enough of a connection where I would expect anybody to disclose specifics. Yeah, I can see where, and then there's, I can see that, like, if there's not enough connection, and I think the biggest reason between um, someone disclosing their marital status or their relationship status, rather than if they are trans or not, is the safety factor. Like, you're not going to go off on them if, if they, you know, have kids at home or a wife or something like that. You might be upset and leave, but the society is not going to look at them and, like, demonize them. So it's a little safer for them to actually say it, even though they, they're not going to get what they want. You know, as far as going to connection, I really think that there's two people just two. There's two people there. And so I imagine that, Heather, you would have some questions that you'd ask people on the date to find out how they're living. I mean, do you have a I ask lots of questions. Right? <laughs> lots of questions. <laughs> little questions like that. No so, questions. So I'm like, well, you know, I am a black man who dates men, women, trans people, and that is a big no-no in the big in the black community for a lot of it, and it's a lot of big big no-no. So, if I want to date a woman, a cis woman, then there is a part of me I have to disclose the other things. I know I know I have to disclose other things, and I'm I'm okay with doing that because I feel like it's a little not really okay with it. What I do instead is I make sure that I understand where they stand and I gauge whether they're safe or not. And if they're not, then pff, not gonna. And the the big flag for me is religion. If you're religious at all, then I just pff, I can't do it. I can't do it. You scare me. I I get scared too quickly about it. But yeah, I I guess I I guess I connect with the withholding information because it does feel very scary. It feels like they're going to hurt me or something. You know, I'm in this situation where that's going to happen. Well, it's but we say that like it's not a very real thing. It is a very real thing, especially black trans women. I mean, oh, yeah. 2020, I believe the only trans people that were killed, I don't know if it held for the entire year, but up until I believe September, it was only black trans women that were killed. And so 
when I say that, uh, you know, I guess I didn't articulate that for the audience to hear, but it is not a made up concern. It's a very legitimate one. Yeah, it's so just so that we're all clear that we're all on the same page. Safety first. Whatever our opinion is of anything, everybody should absolutely act in their own best interest and and engage whatever internal feelers are happening because I think we have a sense about what's going on and just be safe because that is important regardless of the situation. Lee, I I think it's interesting what you said. As a straight female, and Nina, you, you might counter me. You probably will. I was just wanting to hear what she had to say. <laughs> I don't know that I would expect that you need to tell me that you're also attracted to men. Because to me, personally, and I have to speak from a personal, I, it, it's only me, that doesn't really matter. Like, it, the only thing that matters to me in that instance is like, are you into me? Like, if you're going to be into me and then also checking out some guys on the side, I'll probably have a problem with that. But does it matter that they're guys or girls? No, it matters that you're checking someone else out, out on the side. So I just think it's, I think it's interesting because I... You know, I don't know that everybody requires you to disclose that. So let me ask, have you ever dated a a man who has dated men? Yes. No big... Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know at first that that was the case, but they disclosed that to me. I guess they felt comfortable enough. And I was like, okay. I mean, it didn't... it, It honestly didn't... The past is the past. And I'm not saying it. your past, your past doesn't make you straight or non bisexual or gay or it doesn't that's not what I'm saying. It doesn't erase that part of you. But in the current situation, it just didn't matter. Yeah, because you said that it's just about you being being with you right. at the moment. Right. So that's where I, you know? I know. So that's where I'm going to come across as as being odd in in my in how I operate. But I understand that I operate weirdly. I always tell people I, I don't always make sense, and I understand that, and I'm okay with that. But um, I don't know that I've dated dated anyone who was open sexually. But I certainly have messed around with a couple. And um, so <laughs> should we define that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't think I've gone like all the way, but that's just because I'm a little bit of a prude. But um, there's I'm trying to decide what I can say publicly. So there was one situation with one friend who we were a group of us friends. But, you know, over the course of time, several of us may have made out with several other of us. You know how that works after a while in a friend circle. And so... My friend circles don't operate like that. I know. What is she talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Nina's trying to play herself as the prude when all of a sudden we find out there's like group makeout sessions. I'm like, have you guys ever worked at a restaurant? But anyway... So, but actually these weren't restaurant coworkers, but there was a situation once where I knew that this person was open to males and females and I, I just had the hots for him. So we were enjoying each other's company and then the other party, a, a male party who was also with in the, in the, in the home with us was sending text messages to my partner about how he should drop me and go hang out with him. So- <laughs> that has happened (laughs) so that's happened and then another time i was at a gay bar and so what's weird with me is i've never had a lesbian hit on me ever that i was ever aware of and sometimes i feel miffed about that but anyway i was at a gay bar and then i did start making out with 
somebody at the bar and then his friend, which now I wonder if it was a partner, but it doesn't feel like it. But anyway, his friend just kept standing there and he's like, he's gay. He's gay. And then finally I go, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I'm just sticking Apparently my he didn't tongue down his throat. That's all that matters right now. Anyway. So I, I actually am with you, Heather, both surprising or not, but I can't flip it the other way around. So I, I don't know what that is. And Lee, to your point about my religious upbringing, that probably is part of the hardwiring that's still there. And and I still feel like that's okay. I can still be an ally and I can still have my own. Because what I start worrying about is when people try to erase other people's lines. Um, as long as they're not acting in a way that's either hurtful to another party or trying to keep a system in place that's hurtful. Because um, passive whatever is still whatever right but i don't know it's it's just not a bridge for me and that's that's all i know with trying to explore myself i have come to that point where i'm still okay with it but i don't know is it possible if somebody like the crying game if somebody was really a woman and somehow i fell in love would i change my mind well it's happened to my friends and they have so I guess I can't say it would never happen, but emotionally, I'm not prepared for that. Well, I don't think most people are emotionally prepared to be parents, but it tends to happen. So I don't know. I just, I like that you can at least admit that you have some specific ideas about something, yeah. but you can also acknowledge that, listen, you, 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 you don't know what you don't know, right? Right. I was just going to say that same thing. Like, yeah, I think it's really great that you just kind of put it out there. I wanted to do two more things before we go. One, back in the day when we were younger, it used to be gay, lesbian. Then it was LGB. Then it was LGBT. Now it's LGBTQ or LGBTQ plus, LGBTQIA plus. There's a lot of stuff. Does anybody want to jump in and help kind of define what of what these are and if you don't i'm putting everyone on the spot i can read them you mean the the fine you mean oh is this a quiz the acronym it's like it's not <laughs> a, little bit, like a quiz i was like i'm gonna go first because then i know what the first part's at and then i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go first go nina go and then i'll pick up the rest of it if i can okay Whatever you guys don't know, I have Google Perfect. Up. So I'm just going to, a very side comment. I used to do this in my math class, my finance class. And my teacher's like, why do you always answer first? I go, I answer everything I know. And then I wait after that. <laughs> so, yeah. So LGBTQ. So I'll just start with the first, um, uh, the L stands for lesbian, which is traditionally understood as a person born as a female in a relationship or sexual attraction to another person born as a female or what's recognized as a female. So that's the lesbian and the gay would be the G would be the opposite with the, the masculines. Oh, I thought you can do the rest of it. Oh no. Those the are team. my two. <laughs> <laughs> but she had eight letters. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of letters in there. So I didn't expect her to say all the, the bisexual. So bisexual is, I think that it refers to a cis person who is dating, who is uh, sexually interested in a, a cis male or a cis female. And I say cis specifically. So uh, real quick, um, this is our first episode of this month. So cis is referred to as cisgender, which is um, someone who identifies with the gender they were assigned at birth. Did I get that right? You yeah. Did? Okay. You're the one with Google. 
Well, <laughs> I didn't Google that. <laughs> I've been hearing it so much, and I'm like, I feel really dumb right now. I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> so I, so I, I read it in a book actually. Um, okay, so bisexual. Um, T is transgender. Transgender. So yeah, are you gonna go? Or I was no, okay. go ahead. I was go gonna for say, it. you know, a person who is doesn't identify as who they were assigned at birth. And they have not necessarily gone through the process of surgery. So it doesn't have to look like anything on the outside. They identify that way. So there are some people who identify as trans, but you may like think they look pretty or a trans man, but they may look effeminate, essentially. And it's important to recognize that that does not include the the concept of transvestite, which I don't know if that's a different word that's used anymore. So we can maybe have Heather Google that. But that's because the transvestite is still supposed to be a cis who's just exploring like drag, basically. Well, maybe not like drag. I don't know. Maybe you yeah. should Google that. There's something, yeah, there's something there that, that, that makes a difference. Transvestite, a person who dresses in clothes primarily associated with the opposite sex. And that's it. That's the Okay. Definition. So for example, the person I dated who Emily was the alter ego, he was straight. So, so technically that would be that he had a transvestite. I don't even know what you say of it. Yeah. It sounds like that's an antiquated term that we can retire. You don't really hear it anymore. So yeah. Yeah. And then Q, did you want to do Q as well? Just because you identified yourself as potentially falling into that category? Oh yeah. Queer. So then that's just me um, of any identity. So that's if I'm trans or, or not. And I date people who are trans or not. (laughs) What am I doing? (laughs) I'm trying to accomplish it also like, um, uh, cis men, cis women, uh, and uh, trans men, trans women. I'll just kind of break it down like that. But there, I know there are things in between. There are diasporas in between. But I'm just going to go with those big four and say that okay. I'm a person who identifies as either one of those, who dates either one of those. Okay. And then I'll finish off with the extra letters. The I stands for intersex. So um, variation is a, a variation in sex characteristics, including, I'm not going to read that. So just uh, looks like maybe both. So what I like uh, to tell people now for that, actually, I'm jumping in for once. Yay! Yes, the antiquated term for that used to be, um, well, th- there's multiple ways that can present, but what we used like a um well we used to call people who were born um with both sexes right hermaphrodite so intersex now is a broader encapsulation of what would also qualify for that but it's because that concept can be more nebulous than what we initially thought back back when i was growing up okay um and then the a is asexual so no sexuality lacks lack of attraction to anyone and then the plus oh girls and boys and non-binary people google this because there's a lot of the plus in there there's 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 a lot of plus in there because there's there's a lot of variations which is really interesting because until i really delved into this i guess i i on i to be honest i didn't realize there were so many variations yeah i'm gonna jump in because lee might have a thought one last thought because i have a lot of questions in my mind so for example people who are with their partners for a long time and they've always traditionally identified as cis, right, or straight, then their partner changes. Does that, are they still considered cis or now are they considered queer? Or how does that work? That's interesting. Lee, do you you know what? I find that interesting too. And I just want to default to, I'll let them self-identify. Yeah. Because I'm scared. 
That's a good answer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's actually a really interesting, um, that's a really interesting question. And I agree. They can decide for themselves. Um, Not to be confused with, Nina, you brought something up earlier, and I I don't want to confuse the deciding for themselves with the idea that your sexuality is a choice. Nina, you identified that at around the age of five, you were aware of your attraction to males. And this is my opinion and the opinion of many, many people. This is not a choice. This is who you are. So your acceptance of who you are is who you're attracted to. It is not a I want to be gay or I want to be transsexual. I just want to be super clear that that's not what we're saying. Exactly. So, and that's, and, and for me that, and interestingly enough, you know, sometimes people say that these videos that other people do don't impress upon people things, but they do because it was a Jimmy Kimmel of all things video that I was watching one day when they went and asked people, they said, how old were you when you decided to be straight? And they asked so many people that question. And then it was like a total aha moment because I was like, I didn't decide. Yeah. It's just who you are. So the the last thing, if the LGBT community didn't exist at all, what is the one thing you'd severely miss? And I already know, I think. Which yeah, you probably do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm probably so, not transparent, um, but yes. One thing. Just one. I mean, there's. I'm sure there's many, but I'm especially like for you. <laughs> That's like... How do you with, with black people were never in America? That's like what, no fried chicken. We got no no, no hip hop. The clothes we. Oh my gosh! Like, you know, I have to think about that because you only got one. So, so I'm gonna let Nina go. Okay. Okay, mine's gonna be really surface and shallow, and that's okay because I'm really basic. So it's drag shows. I. Freaking love. So I love a drag queen. I love the fierceness, the fabulousness, just the ownership of being everything that you want to be to its fullest extent. It's the personification of joy. And so you see those at the parades as well. And I adore it to my spirit. So there we go. I try to say it as draggy as possible, but yeah. It's draggy as possible. (laughs) <laughs> I make up stuff. I like that answer. I'm going to stick with that answer because if I think about it, I mean, there are other things that people can do that make like like seem like cultural or, or TV shows that they might put together that that are fancy and they'll capture my interest. But there's this one thing about the the social circle that goes with it. All of that, I think, that is just that's it. I would miss drag shows. I absolutely love drag shows. I would absolutely miss drag shows. I'm going to differ from the answer, and I am going to say something that might be seem like generic and cheesy, but I would miss all of the people in the LGBT community that I've ever been connected with because there's always been an aura of joy that I have, I'm not religious, but I'm going to say been blessed with. With everyone that I've been around, there is a, a freeness in their spirit. And I I can only assume maybe that's because they've had to face challenges that I haven't. And so it's like, once you're free, baby, you better run with it. <laughs> like, I don't know. But that's what I would say. I would say I would sorely miss all of the experiences that I've had with people within that community. And I think the drag is just a personification of that amplified. Yep. Probably. <laughs> so, P.S. We love you all. Yes. Yes.
All right, guys, this is it. This is we're closing it out. Does anyone else want to share any final thoughts? So I I guess what I want to say is this is one of the most personal discussions I think that we've had that wasn't directly about like our very essence of being. I mean, we we brought some of those things to the table, but I love how we are able to have this discussion, express how we feel, relate to each other, and just do it in a way that was respectful and cognizant about the fact that we're dealing with other human beings, yet wasn't surface. Because if you don't allow yourself to get deeper, people try to avoid conversations, but then nobody learns anything. And then that's how we get tribal. And so I appreciate this conversation fiercely and tremendously. So yay. Yeah, that's all I've got. (laughs) I can't go (laughs) after that. Come on. I mean, (laughs) she said it perfectly. I I'm just on the board with the whole thing. I really enjoyed the conversation that we had and I thought it was very intimate and something that was really revealing and very connecting as well. So fantastic. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you were inspired by this conversation and maybe even had some aha moments just like we did. Remember the thoughts and opinions expressed on this episode are our own. We do encourage you to come to your own fact-based conclusions and do your own research. Have you joined the Facebook group yet? We would love you there. Diversity on fire. Also, don't forget to hit subscribe and share the show with everyone you know. Because I was like, I didn't decide. Yeah, it's just who you are. Mm-hmm.